2: Adam, are you there?
3: Uh, Bonnie, we can see each other now. Yes, I'm there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Okay, I have a big surprise for you guys tonight. Oh boy! What's that, Bonnie? That's all I'm gonna say. You'll see. (laughs) Wow!
0: I'm on the edge of my fucking seat.
3: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, if a rat can teach someone how to cook, can the actor who played the rat who taught someone how to cook teach someone how to act? And if not, can the actor wife of the actor who played the rat who taught the guy to cook teach someone how to act? I have no idea. But, actors, spouses, and co hosts of the new podcast, did you get my text? Patton Oswald and Meredith Salinger are here for Outside the Actors Studio. Plus, it's time for another round of inspiring quotations in a segment that we have triumphantly rebranded as Who's Miss Quotey Pants Now? I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber, this podcast's Wes Anderson, obsessively arranging every frame of our show to create the perfect, symmetrical, conversational jewel box. And now, please welcome this podcast's Brando, who crashes onto the set on a motorcycle, declares, I think my character always wears a space helmet, only to be reminded that this is a Western. It's Paula Poundstone. <laughs>
0: Thanks to tonight's house band returning champion, Colin Miller, on the guitar. Thank you, Colin.
3: I
2: love Colin.
3: He arranges stuff for us. Wait, wait, don't tell me. And then he arranges the sonic furniture here every few weeks on on, uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone.
0: Nice.
3: Yeah. What's new, Paula?
0: You know, Adam, I've been eating a lot of... What used to be called Distinctive Bordeaux Pepperidge Farm Cookies. For years, I ate them. They were Distinctive Bordeaux. You know, while I was eating, I would read the package out of sheer boredom, really. And uh, the other day, I was eating them, looking at the package, and I realized they're not called Distinctive Bordeaux anymore.
3: What are they called?
0: They're called Bordeaux Caramelized Crisp Cookies. On the back, it says distinctly delicious caramelized cookies baked to crispy perfection, but it doesn't say distinctive Bordeaux anymore. And I think to myself, why? You know, they had to change the packaging for that, and that's expensive. I mean, like when I have t shirts or sweatshirts printed, the first batch is the most expensive. After that, you're just using the same type. And so, They had to change the packaging to stop calling them distinctive Bordeaux. There had to have been a reason. Like they said to themselves, they're really not flying off the shelf the way they used to. Maybe people are put off. What I wonder is how many meetings do you think they had over at Pepperidge (laughs) Farm Corporate? Probably someone was fired over it would be my guess. And there was a lot of back and forth like, I'm listening to the book Brethren now. It came out in, like, 79, maybe. Um, it's about the Supreme Court back then. And uh, there's a lot of, like, backroom uh, wrangling in the whole... You, and I, I'm i sure that corporate Pepperidge Farm is very much like the Supreme Court.
3: I would guess. I would love to have been a fly on the wall on those meetings. What's the name of it again?
0: Well, it was called Distinctive Bordeaux. But now it's called Bordeaux caramelized crisp and by the way it's the same cookie Adam and they're delicious they're the best ones The the mint Milano people are like so full of themselves
3: but but you know what Paula you're not allowed to call a bottle of champagne champagne unless it's from the champagne region of France oh I didn't realize
0: that I don't call it champagne anyways I call it I call it champagne
3: (laughs) yeah exactly so you're you're in the clear it no matter which way you go Maybe there's some rule about uh you know from the adjective police about when you can call something distinctive and when you can't. We should write to Pepperidge Farm and find out what's going on up there in Maine.
0: Yeah. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Pepperidge Farm should send me a bunch of those cookies. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh with that, let's 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 move on and open things up. Now Paula, as you know, last week we had a just a groundbreaking fantastic book club meeting in which we took matters into our own hands, looked at Stephen King's favorite book list, and then selected our next book club selection to be Ruth Rendell's, or Rendell, I don't know which how you pronounce it, Dark Corners. Now, we've decided to give everyone an extra week to buy the book and read those first five chapters, but I just wanted to remind everybody that that's coming. You can't fight the Dark Corners. They're coming your way.
0: Yeah, we're giving you a week, but after that, uh, we're taking out our grade book. I'm putting a check beside people's names that don't have the book yet. Um, Tell me the name of it again. I can't. Dark Corners?
3: Dark Corners, Ruth Rendell.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: So you're one of those students who hasn't gotten the book yet.
0: Um, yeah. My mother didn't have time to take me to the store.
3: Is your mother Um, in this book club or are you in this book club?
0: (laughs) I'm really excited, by the way. You know, I would like, and I'm hoping that we can do that. I hope we have like a six degrees of Stephen King thing here. I'm hoping that we can get Stephen King to join our book club. And part of the way, you know, if we read one of his
3: favorite books, surely he'll want to espouse. Yeah, but he might be... Spoilerific. I mean, he might, be, he might be like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh! I know what happens next. He'd be like Bonnie oh, Burns. Yeah. Remember when Bonnie was pretending yeah. that she hadn't read more right. about what the Secrets of Fight Club? And she was that like, I have true. a suspicion. Nah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. She goes, oh, I think
2: I know something's going on here, she would say. Yeah. yeah, like as if she had no idea what it was. Yeah. Right. But you've jumped to like a whole nother conclusion. No. You exaggerate when it comes to me. I don't need to. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) (laughs) you know as long as we're doing this let's do this
3: um because we're not doing book club this week we're going around the horn as we usually do so i'm going to um slide us on up to the simi valley where perched in her oversized house for her small frame (laughs) is captain crinkle your manager our friend and producer bonnie burns bonnie what's new in your life
2: i don't know why you had to go to me first I don't know if I've gathered my thoughts yet. There's four of us. (laughs) (laughs) We've been doing the show at
0: the same time for, what is it, like over three years now? And so it really came as a surprise to her. She just turned around, and the next thing she knew, we were doing the podcast. uh, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, my God. You know, uh, during this pandemic, since what was it, January of 2020, I think, I really have not gone out a lot. And I used to, you know, go to my friends on the weekend, and it gives you a chance to talk, interact with other people. I have spent so much time by myself, that the other day, I heard myself say, wow, that was really good. Yeah, you know, nobody else was around. And then today, I was kind of getting ready for breakfast, and I went. We're from Lincoln High School. We'll fight to win. wah, wah, wah. I mean, how sad is that? Wow. Well, what's even
3: more disturbing is that you didn't go to Lincoln High.
2: Did you have a Did you have a game today? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bizarre story. Like that's what I'm digging up to amuse myself. Don't you think that's? Like, a little pathetic? That's what I dragged up? Well, you know what I'm encouraged by? What, what I'm encouraged by is that when you were all by yourself, you did something
0: and you said to yourself, well, that was good. So your, your inner voice that's become your outer voice is very positive.
3: And that's a um, positive thing.
0: Yeah. And I'll bet yeah. you,
2: you learned that from your therapist, <laughs> Scooby the Clown. Am I right about that? I remember when you started calling her Scooby the Clown. I told you this story... Uh, that Scooby the Clown, but she wasn't Scooby the Clown, told me like when my parents criticized me and I didn't want to get into a thing with them, I should say, well, I guess what you're saying is you wouldn't like to wear your hair like this. That's when you pounded your feet on the floor, Matt. We were driving and you went, (laughs) who's your therapist, Scooby the Clown? (laughs) Can
3: can I ask a question? Um, Does Scooby the Clown... Listen to this show, and if so, are you now in a search for a new therapist?
2: <laughs> no, she died, Scooby. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Oh. This is a comedy show
3: <laughs> way to bring the room down. RIP, Scooby, not Scooby.
0: <laughs> it's scoopy, as in scoop ice cream. It is, yes, which brings <laughs> us back to Bonnie's breakfast conversation with herself. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, when you said I was getting ready for breakfast, and then I said. I thought you were going to say, Bonnie, come on to
2: breakfast. I thought I had gotten that. wow. Yeah, that would be really sick. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) Scoopy. Scoopy. All these years, I thought it was Scooby.
3: No. Let's roll this caravan out of the Simi Valley. Down to Sherman Oaks, California, <laughs> proximal to my favorite new pizza joint, Pizza Wagon of Brooklyn. It's Tony Anita Hull, yeah. How's Ventura Yay. Boulevard. Treat you, Tony. Good,
0: yeah. I talk to myself all the time out loud, so uh, you're in good company, wow. Bonnie. Yeah. Um, I broke my therapist. She told me she didn't know what else to do with me, so you I don't broke know. Her. <laughs> wow. Oh. Do you know why? Yeah. Because. Um, There's two kinds of people who have made money during this pandemic. One is Jeff Bezos and the other is therapists. So that person just has plenty of clients, Tony, because otherwise you could be in the best mental health that a person can be in. And I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying you could be. And the person would say, oh, you know, maybe I should see you two times next week. There's no end to therapy. There's never a day where a therapist says, you know what? You're good to go. I think you're all set. Uh, So, yeah, this is all about money. And besides, I started going to her.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And you need lots of time. Hey, Tony, what did you do to break your therapist?
0: No, I don't know what I did. She just said she didn't know what to do with me anymore.
3: Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't want to pry too closely. What the fuck?
0: I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what I said. I don't think you ever should have been going to Dr. Philomena. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't it hurt your feelings? Oh, for no. God's sakes, Bonnie! No, what? I thought. It, I think it's hilarious. I think you it's, do. Yeah, I think it's so funny. I had a therapist once that I, I said I, I didn't want to go anymore, and she said, "But you don't have any friends." Ow. Wow! Are you Whoa. serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not all skilled. You know, we're assuming that every therapist that you see is somehow good at the job and they're not all. Most, I think, are just recently divorced and have a spare room in their house and, uh,
4: and a file cabinet.
3: Um, all right, so, Tony, uh, I, I kind of want want you to follow up on that one. Yeah. Find out what happened there. More to come. When, yeah. How'd you set her off?
0: Tony, would she feel that you were acting out if you happened to give her phone number out on this podcast? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Five, okay. five,
3: five. <laughs> all right, so uh, here's my update. Oh, boy. My wrist is killing me today. No. Yeah. Killing me. And here's why. Paula, you you sometimes get residuals for things you've done, right? Yeah. Residual checks. Right, yeah. As we in the business of show know, sometimes they're ridiculously small amounts. And yet, yes. you can't not deposit them, right? Yeah, right. So, I last week, for some reason that I can't fathom, I think it has to do with new Writers Guild rules concerning streaming. Last week and this week... I have received like a wheelbarrow full of tiny checks for my 11 seasons on Real Time with Bill Maher. Wow. Most of them for like $2.15 and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, but that shit adds up, Adam. It does. It added up to an amount that was considerable enough. So I sat around last night signing them, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that these are hundreds of checks that needed to be signed. And by the time I was done, like my hand was cramped. And so my question to you guys is, can you purchase a little, like, ink
2: stamp thing of your signature and just, mm-hmm. do, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. And get the one that you just pound on the top. You don't have to do the ink pad all the time. Oh, really? I'll take a picture and send it to you. But Ivy told me that you don't have to endorse the back anymore. You don't have to sign the back anymore. And I've actually been depositing at the ATM, and I don't sign anymore.
3: Really? Is Ivy your
2: banker or your daughter? No, but she knows stuff more current than I do. Okay. Let's be honest.
0: Ivy has been complaining that she gets check after check, but no money.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to sign. You just don't get the money.
0: Would you feel it was a problem if you gave out Ivy's number uh, 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 on this podcast so that we can all call her up and get our banking advice from your young adult daughter? Because (laughs) I mean, I have an accountant and a business manager, but I really would feel more secure taking advice from your daughter, Ivy.
2: Like, she knows how to start the oven. Well, there! With her cell phone. Okay. Locking into the cell phone. I don't know that. So then she's qualified. My mistake. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, you know, I would like to see you... I would like to see you allowed to join the congressional panel that does the hearings for when they nominate, like, a new person uh, to run the Fed, for example. I would like to have you sitting there saying, uh, you know, Mr. Powell, how would you start the oven? (laughs) 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 Yeah, because this is, you know, I like the way you're coming at it. A lot of people would just talk banking, for Christ's sakes. But you come (laughs) at it from a kitchen appliance direction that
2: is... Nothing short of genius. Okay, I just realized why well, you don't need to endorse the check. Why? And you guys are going to feel so foolish that you didn't think of this. Because when you put it in at the ATM, yeah. they've already verified that it's you. Then the check goes in. They show that it's been deposited into your account. You take a picture. You get a receipt. You have proof that it's been, there is nobody that could cash it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so foolish. Nobody's going to say I'm right. I'm oh right.
3: boy! Uh, yeah, well, I want the nobodies to weigh in on all this because because before I get the stamp or stop signing checks, I'd like a better source than Bonnie's kitchen appliance friendly daughter.
0: <laughs> well, let's not forget though that Bonnie and Tony taught us about cryptocurrency last week.
3: And- <laughs> that is true. Oh, God. I- that is true. For those of you who didn't listen, okay. I say go back and listen to that one because that was All right. that was special. We had a cryptocurrency expert, Jill, Jill Schlesinger, Schlesinger, was going to yeah. be on our show, and she had uh, an emergency. Um, and so Bonnie and Tony stepped in and were just so informative about <laughs> cryptocurrency.
0: Okay, but I have to tell you something. Um, yeah. So I talked to Bonnie after last week's show, and she sounded kind of down, and she said... I just don't think we really explained it good. And <laughs> I, said, I said, Bonnie, did you really think for a second that you were going to using Google and and what you know about did you really think you were gonna replace Joe Schlesinger? As an expert on cryptocurrency, <laughs> she honestly believed that her job was to, uh, you know, have us walk away all
3: ready to invest. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's dedication. I admire yeah, I love that.
2: that. Yeah, She was made yeah. an
3: expert and she wanted to be an expert.
2: I think when we did the bears, when Thomas Coyne didn't show up, you got a feeling like, okay, if you're around a black bear, you do this. If you're around a, what well, was it? blue brown bear you do that uh, well expert what do you do with a black bear okay one of them you precisely
3: wow you've just been eating <laughs> you've just been eating while you were dithering and tony was googling the both of you got eaten congratulations yeah
0: yeah you'll you, you know what here's what you do with a black bear You join Leonardo DiCaprio in its
3: intestines. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Paula, do you have a word this week?
0: Uh, Adam, I have a word. It's prevaricate. It's a verb that means speak or act in an evasive way. Here, I'll use it in a family setting. Mother, have some more casserole, honey. You'll have to replenish all the fuel you used up at your soccer game. Son... The soccer game is tomorrow, Mom. I had school today. Mother. Well, why were you home so early? Son. They canceled history class because too many kids were uncomfortable. Mother. Hmm. Math tore me apart on the inside, but I still had to learn it. Son. Did you put nuts in this casserole? Mother. I put noodles and caramelized mushrooms just like you love. Son, but did you put nuts in it? Don't prevaricate. Father, I don't know what prevera means, but you don't call your mother by her first name. You use mom or mother. Son, dad, I wasn't calling mom Kate. I said prevaricate. It means speak or act in an evasive way. Father, I see. Jesus, Kate, are there nuts in this casserole? I could have joked. <laughs> Mother, well, don't beat her on the bush, Cake. Don't shilly-shally. If you put nuts in the casserole, just say so. Let's put it right into the vocabulary song. This week's word is prevaricate. It's a verb that means speak or act in an invasive way. Um, well, it's just that... I'd rather not say, last week's word was QWERTY. It's an adjective that means referring to the standard layout on English language typewriters and keyboards. Having Q, W, E, R, T, and Y as the first keys on the top row of letters. Typing teachers have it on the front of their sweaters. The week before that, the word was sapid. It's an adjective that means having a strong smell or pleasant taste. My classmate, Rob Blakeney, used to eat paste. The week before that, the word was diaphanous. It's an adjective that means especially a fabric, light, delicate, and translucent. I can see right through the dress you sent. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do. feel, baby!
3: Yeah, that was was special.
0: Tony Anita Hull, if you can choose from a list of names, the one accurately described by our former vocabulary word, pusillanimous, our show will give literally dollars worth of advertising to Turning Page Bookshop at 604 St. James Avenue, Suite 1 in Goose Creek, South Carolina. However... And I hate to even think of it. If you choose incorrectly, we will not be able to give literally dollars worth of advertising to Turning Page Bookshop at 604 St. James Avenue, Suite 1 in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Are you ready, Tony Anita Hull? I am ready. Which of the following would be accurately described as pusillanimous? A, former Vice President Mike Pence. B, former below-deck bosun Eddie Lucas. C, Lion King's Rafiki. Or D, baseball great Jackie Robinson. Oh, I don't know. Um. And, and remember, listeners, Tony Anita Hall is doing this without Googling. Um... I'm just going to go with Mike Pence. Congratulations, Tony Anita. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Hello.
0: Pusillanimous means showing a lack of courage or determination. Timid. So, yes, Mike Pence is the answer. You have won literally dollars worth of advertising for Turning Page Bookshop at 604 St. James Avenue, Suite 1 in Goose Creek, South Carolina. We'd like to encourage anyone living or visiting in and around the Goose Creek, South Carolina area to do your book shopping at Turning Page Bookshop at 604 St. James Avenue, Suite 1 in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Pick up a copy of Mouse or the children's book The New Kid or The Watsons Go to Birmingham by Christopher Paul Curtis or, of course, anything by Toni Morrison.
3: Well, congratulations, Tony. It was a that was a nail biter.
0: Whew, boy, Tony, that was fantastic. What technique did you use, Tony?
2: Um process of elimination.
0: There you <laughs> go. Very
2: Tony, are point. you asking
0: me or telling me? <laughs> Do you see how she flipped up the last word of the process of elimination? I didn't Google. Mm-hmm. I was right here. You could not see me Google. We can't see your hands. I did not Google. I believe you, Tony. You could have Googled the shit out of that answer, but totally you didn't need have. to. You went no. to that computer-like mind of yours.
3: That's what you did. <laughs> Coming up, Michael Chekhov said, An actor has to burn inside, but with an outer ease. And then he said, No, wait, I'm thinking of those microwavable pizza bites. Be careful of those. We'll burn inside with Patton Oswald and Meredith Salinger next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan.
0: Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort. Y'all go on ahead. I'll catch up.
3: And we're back. Thank you, house band Colin Miller. Oh, you're sounding so good. A producer yeah. and a musician. So, um, Paula, yes? you're auditioning again. You know, the, the you're making waves in the acting profession. How's, how's the chops coming these days?
0: Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I have most of my auditions at this point are are for animated shows you know it's a lot of voiceover stuff I've done I've done a lot of auditioning um uh, for shows that are set in inclusive undersea communities um I've read for I've read for the part of a lesbian dolphin octopus and rockfish and they've all been very upbeat and happy to be included uh, n- none of them have been particularly big parts, as near as I can tell from the sides. And yet the descriptions are lengthy stuff. Like, mom one is practical. She keeps the house in order. She's president of the soccer mom club and leaves notes in little octos, lunchbox. And then I get the, you know, you get to the scene and and my, the whole audition is, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and how
3: many of those have you gotten so far? Uh, zero. Uh, Z- yeah. Estimate, you could just ballpark it How many well, rolls have you landed?
0: A lot of no. times I, f- I, f- I fuck up my line
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, when, oh, you're, well. when your only line is, bye There's so much pressure on it You know, there's so much trying to emote um, So you're you know. saying when it
3: comes to animation Voice acting and acting in general But voice acting in particular You could use a little help A little oh, coaching Oh
0: my gosh, could I use help?
3: Yes. This is crazy, because by extraordinary coincidence, we have not one but two people here who can help. No. She is an actor whose journey began with The Journey of Natty Gann and has transported her to animated galaxies far away. He is a comedian whose voluminous acting roles include Remy from Ratatouille and Principal Durbin on AP Bio, which was not animated. And together, they are raising both a daughter and a new podcast called Did You Get My Text, which is... Hilarious! It's Mary the Salinger and Patton Oswalt. Hello,
4: hello.
5: hello. Hi, guys. Hello, oh, hello. Welcome. Thanks for having us on.
0: Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for being here. And I don't want to invade your privacy, but getting these guys here with <laughs> us was such a challenge
4: one day their kid
0: was accidentally shot out of a cannon one, one day and then we rescheduled and uh, patton fell off a, a ladder uh, just i mean after a while i was like oh yeah apparently they don't want to do it because some of the stories honestly yeah. were well
1: the night the night we were supposed to do the podcast uh, alice had come in the room and said um, that she had thrown up five times in the yeah. middle of the night she came into Patton at two in the morning mm. and said I don't feel well and then in the morning she had thrown up five times so we I was like taking care of her and everything and I I touched her and she felt, felt a little warm but and then at night I put like a cold washcloth on her forehead and I thought you know what I'm just gonna take her temperature And then I thought, well, it's not going to read well because I just put a cold thing. And I took her temperature, and it was (laughs) 104.2. And I was like, holy shit. So we had to rush her to urgent care. (laughs) You know what? That was your first mistake, though.
0: When your kid's fever, when you touch your kid's forehead, and it's a little warm, and then it turns out they have 104, (laughs) that's when you get out the jiffy pop. You say, honey, lay down,
4: and you just rub the
0: jiffy pop back and forth over their head. Why waste... You know, there's people freezing their asses off in Texas. Why waste that kind of heat? That's what I say.
5: You're right. That's not very... That's wasn't very green for us to uh, not use that. You're right. Yeah. You're exactly. very right. Yeah. 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 So
1: then we get her home and we rescheduled the podcast with you guys. And then <laughs> three, two days later...
5: Oh, Pat well, here's what was happening. I was doing us. some... I was doing some work on the roof and I was loosening uh, a huge nut with a wrench and the wrench head flew off, bonked me on the head, and then I uh, tumbled down a ladder into a bucket of nails and then I ran around in a circle with the bucket on my head and then my ankle came down weird on a rake which came up and whacked me in the groin, but uh, I broke my ankle on that. So, uh, Basically, look, I wished it had been that good. I literally just finished shooting An episode of a TV show, walked out to my car, slipped on a handicapped access ramp, came down weird,
1: (laughs) and (laughs) sprained
5: my ankle and broke my foot. And somehow
1: somehow crawled to his car, like army style, so that he could drive home with a broken foot. Like an idiot. And then he gets home and he's like, uh, Meredith? You come down uh, and bring me two aspirin, and I was like, "What happened?" And meanwhile, he looks like a monster with oh. like his foot. Anyway, it was horrible. Was your foot
3: gigantic? That is
5: horrible. Uh, the ankle yeah. was super swollen and weird. Yeah, it, it looked it looked weird. And
1: then I was like, "I need to take you to urgent care." He's like, "No, no, no. We'll see how it is. We'll see how it is." And I'm like, "No." He's like, let me just meditate right now. I said, you're going to meditate in the car. I'm taking you to urgent care. And and it's broken in three places. Oh my
0: gosh. Well, that's why the handicap access ramp is there to give you access (laughs) to being handicapped. And now, yes, it was my gateway.
5: You're right. It was my access to becoming handicapped and it did its job. Yeah. Wow. uh, As advertised. You
0: you have, uh, (laughs) well, a brief opportunity to understand a little bit of what that life is like.
5: Exactly. And and I will. So we
1: felt bad we canceled,
0: but Uh,
5: here we are. Yeah. Yeah, But we made it.
0: Well, I don't (laughs) imagine you're going to make it through this. Uh,
5: podcast. Uh,
0: do I see the letters TNT behind you on a stick there, Patton? Because you might want to clear out of the way.
5: Oh, my. Wait a minute. What the? Hang on. Let me get a... I just got this wheelie scooter from Acme. This thing should work perfectly. Hang on. Let me Patton, hop on to no! See this what? Oh! <laughs> wait,
0: wait a minute. Uh, yeah, it's very dangerous over in that yeah. household. My, my son had like 103 temperature one night and uh yeah he he was the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet when he had a high temperature everything was he was like please mom thank you mom I mean (laughs) uh, uh, me and his sisters were looking at him like what the hell happened and um you know and then when he didn't have a temperature anymore all that was over with so I used to try to heat him
5: uh.
0: <laughs> it was just so joyous to be appreciated i know it's selfish of me but I, that is how i handled it yeah
5: how's your son he's okay at 98.6 i really like him at 103 Yeah. That's why i'm really liking him at 103 yeah
3: yeah Did I hear correctly that your daughter didn't interrupt didn't interrupt your sleep but rather told you in the morning that she had grown <laughs> no. up five times well mm-hmm.
5: she came in at 2 a.m and said daddy i just threw up and i went oh, oh okay I go, what do you want to do? She goes, well, I'm going to go back. So I just want to let you know. I go, well, you're not going to school tomorrow. And then when she came in in the morning, then she said, I threw up four more times. And I went, oh, OK, well, then oh, you're yeah. really wow. staying home.
3: I'm yeah. not sure that's true. <laughs> See, my anyways. kids insist that I be there for all, every single time. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't let me miss one.
5: Well, <laughs> yeah. She no, no. To be very st- I, think she, I think she was like, look. I've already told him the one. I got to bring him something spectacular. He's not going to be impressed anymore. Like I can't just bring him. Yeah, but she's, again. At he, he she's at a whole new level.
1: She's at a new level of making it to the toilet.
5: Yes, she was exciting. very proud that she made it to the toilet. I think it was her first time, and I think there was a little bit of a brag there. I like, oh, I gotta, <laughs> <in> the <laughs> it's like a humble she brag. Let you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Five times. Pretty good. Five times. Yeah. Wow.
0: Uh, You know what I think? Here's a mistake. And I'm, you know, I'm a pretty experienced parent. Uh, Here's a mistake you might have made. When you told her she she didn't have to go to school for throwing up once. (laughs) Oh, man. Naturally, she she felt she got four more days.
1: She did. She didn't didn't go to school all week from Tuesday till, well, she still hasn't been back at school, so. Yeah. Wow. It'll be a full week.
5: She built up punches on her get out of school card. Like yeah. a subway card, and she got her got a week off.
0: One of my daughters um, threw up in school on a Harry Potter book, <laughs> <laughs> and I was so angry because you know wouldn't you turn your head?
5: It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a on bit. the
0: book, right? Would not you make floor. some effort? And the teacher told me about it, sort of like sort of suggesting that you know that's on me. And that I got to pay for the book. And so, you know, I picked her up at school and we're driving home and she's sitting in the back, you know, and I'm doing the thing where you look sort of angrily in the rear view mirror. And I said, paperback or hardcover? (laughs) 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 And she said, hardcover. And I started banging the steering wheel going, motherfucker.
1: (laughs) Not the hardcover. First edition.
0: Yeah. Wow. And by the way, she was well old enough to know better. That was the part that irked me. Was I'm not oh. talking about like a little kid. I'm talking about someone who basically deliberately flew, threw up on a Harry Potter book.
5: I just imagine the teacher bringing in for the parent conference going... We need to work on your daughter's vomiting skills. I, I, are you doing anything at home, or how are you working on her? Because she's hitting a lot of books.
0: We did. We did do some training after that, honestly, and uh, I think she's good to go now. But uh, yeah, there was a. Uh, it, we went through a period of uh, you know, don't even just wherever. Um, so that, so you tell your daughter for me. Let's let's segue from vomiting to acting. Can, Hit, can we hitting, do that? Hitting, <laughs> hitting the toilet five times, I very much admire. Oh, are we going to transition? Our- what
5: better segue than from vomiting to acting? Speaking, speaking of vomiting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, okay. All oh right. God. I'm not married to this topic. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let me first ask about: uh, Did you get my text? Because I am really enjoying it, and you are at the the six or seven month phase now, right? And to me, in podcasts, it's just like raising a baby. In that, like, you get a lot a lot of attention is paid during those first couple of months, and now you are just on your own in the wilderness. I mean, people are listening, but like, you, now you are in it. You are looking for stuff to talk about next, right?
1: Well, Adam, more and more people listen every—millions, really. Every day we get millions <laughs> of new listeners. <laughs> so wow! It feels yeah. like it's new. <laughs>
0: millions. Yeah. That's fantastic. And
1: all across yeah. all the nations. <laughs> so Those are some pretty high numbers.
5: <laughs> That's Meredith's affirmation into the mirror before we record every episode. You have millions of fans. We have
1: millions of listeners.
5: People want to hear you. You are interested. <laughs> <laughs> millions of fans. Okay, let's start recording before I start crying.
1: <laughs> yeah and then it's the two of us going what the fuck are we going to talk yeah. about um yeah
5: there, there's a lot of it's fine there, and again we also cut a lot of stuff out of ours a lot of me clearing my throat and coughing uh and there's also a lot of <laughs> at, yes exactly at, sorry,
0: <laughs> my sorry. God. just at the mention
5: you okay Doc
0: Holiday? I'm, go- I'm hey, good. I'm good.
4: talking. <laughs> um,
0: I have a, I, I have a chronic cough. Oh. Uh, it, which it really lends. So its, does Pat. So do I. Lends itself to lends itself to our work, doesn't a- it? A-
5: oh. Mwah. Um, there's a lot of cutout at the beginning of each episode where we'll say, So do you have something to talk about? And the other one will go, Yeah, do you want to start? Well, do you want to start? because clearly we're hoping the other one will get it going so that we can maybe be inspired. So <laughs> there's a lot of exactly yeah.
1: What I find is the first. Uh, seven minutes of our podcast are not that good but at the end after we've gotten going and is that a way gotten going mm-hmm. yeah um, sure. after we've got go anyway uh, at the end, we're all fired up. We yeah. we we got in there. We should start our, like an hour before. we start. Our podcast
5: should start. model is we drive the listeners away for the first seven minutes, and then maybe two or three people make it to the end when it's actually good. That's and our, then they're yeah. like,
1: this is the best podcast ever in the first. Yeah, it's
5: like we it's like we opened a restaurant and the first the first course is you get hit with a bat, and then the people that don't sue us get actually amazing three Michelin star food.
1: So stick around through the whole thing because the end is yeah, good. it really is. And millions of people listen?
5: Yeah.
1: Millions.
0: <laughs> we had, uh, at one point, we thought we had listeners in Moldova,
3: what? but we didn't. But we did an entire tri- tribute to Moldova episode oh, yeah. in which we, we, ate their, we ate their food and we played their national anthem and we welcomed them and it turned out we were just kind of misreading it.
2: You didn't even get one? No, no I, thought I thought we won. had four. No, oh there you go. I don't think so. Do you have? They feel
5: special.
0: Do you have millions from Moldova, Meredith? <laughs> we no, no, no,
1: not that. There. Is, like half a million. From there, there is
5: something so beautiful about you doing. Welcome to all of our new Moldovian listeners. <laughs> you do this Everyone listens like, wait, what is that? Is is this a weird psyop thing? What's happening? What what's going on?
3: Oh my God, that's we delightful. even ate a big plate of uh, what was that called? Mama Liga.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it,
3: which is their staple. It's kind. It's, it's kind of like um, polenta. Oh, mamaliga. Oh,
5: I like polenta.
0: Well, it's not really like polenta
5: because I love polenta, and I, didn't, I it's
0: Wait, like okay, polenta
3: okay. After you have run it through an animal or two.
0: Okay, that's how we lost our Moldova listeners.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Patton and Meredith, you both. Um, Audition quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. I, or do they just offer you parts of the stage? Yeah, oh, of I'll your bet career? they
0: do just offer you parts. <laughs> Meredith. I looked up your, like, what is it? I'm, IMDB. Thank you. It was so long. I thought like I had a virus on my computer or something. It was really long.
1: Well, I started acting professionally when I was 10. So I'm super old. So, you know, that's 40 years worth of wow. worth of work. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, it's long.
5: She's huh. she's been in some really amazing stuff. Where'd you make your debut? But then,
1: million. But then I've been in so much stuff that nobody can see. Like so many pilots that never got released. So many movies that went straight to video. So I even did a movie, and then halfway through the movie, uh, they're like, "Okay, go home. We lost funding." And I like had worked for three weeks, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I and I was like my own hair and makeup on it, and that and wardrobe. Wow. And then they're like. Sorry, we lost funding. I was like, "Did you have any to begin with?" Yeah, anyway. right.
0: <laughs> really. If if you're doing your own
1: hair and makeup, then I wonder. And Wardville, well, independent, you know.
0: Well, what were they funding?
1: It was it was a cute movie, but yeah, it just halfway through just went. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, that sounds like a like one of those reviews <laughs> where they just cut out, the, you know they they cut out the majority of the sentence. So the review might have said it was a cute movie but halfway through it goes and they just put it was a cute movie.
5: Yeah, it's like those little ellipses that whenever you see quote reviews and there's ellipses in them, you got to be very suspicious. Yep. Yeah. No,
0: you have to be suspicious when the name of the publication is really tiny.
5: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Or it's like, or it's like um Fred Blansky from BlanskyMovieReviews.com. like there's some weird clearly they gave him a goodie bag and let him have an early screener and he was so excited that he gave it something.
3: Oh, Blansky's a harsh critic. Come on. He's really rough. Yeah.
0: Now, Meredith, did you
1: so were you working that entire 40 years? I mean, I did take off 4 years to go to college. Um so yeah, I did that. I did one, I tried to fit one movie in between my sophomore and junior year. And um, I did do a short little movie, but basically I like went to college. And then on the summers, I was like, I want to have a real job. And so I tried to be a waitress at like a college bar in like near UCLA. And I was so excited that I had like a real job. And I called my mom, I was like, Mom, I'm going to be a waitress. I'm so excited. Come down. And I told my boyfriend at the time to come down. And. (laughs) They both came in and um, my boyfriend came with like five people, one of whom was an ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. And my mom came in with her best friend and I was, they were the only people in the restaurant and I went up to my mom and I was like, mom, what do you want? And she's like, I want a hamburger, but instead of the fries, can I get salad? I'm like, Mom, I don't know how to do that. Just get the just get the fries. And then she's like, well, can I have fruit? Instead, I was like, Mom, get the fucking fries. So, And then I went to my boyfriend's table, and my ex-boyfriend's girlfriend was like, I want this sandwich but without mayonnaise. And I was like, I don't think it comes with mayonnaise. And then I got the order, and I brought it to her. And she's like, there's mayonnaise on this.
4: And then I got
1: so upset, and I started to... I, like, it was too anxiety-producing for me, and I, like, after two hours said to the person, I was like, I don't think I can be a waitress. She goes, do you want to be the jello shot girl? That's easy. And I was like, sure. (laughs) So then I got there at seven, made the jello shots, waited around for three hours and flirted with the bartender, and then at 10 o'clock walked around and was like, want a jello shot? They're one for a dollar. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'll do one if you do one. And then I had, like, my own little (laughs) section of (laughs) non-alcoholic ones. Yeah, that was smart. That was, a, just that was a good way to get them to do it. So that was my real job. Well,
0: I, Meredith, yeah. I don't think you understand the classic story of people waiting tables and being actors or actresses. They're not trying to get
1: out of acting into waiting tables. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought, like, a, it would be so nice to have a real job. I just felt like... My whole life... I don't know. You know what I mean. Like, you know, no. with people. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. When you're the star of a movie at 14 and everybody caters to you and it's like, you're the star, they get mo- you get movies offered to you, blah, blah, blah. And then you just want to be a normal girl and, like, be a waitress.
3: <laughs> I understand that. I don't. <laughs> well, I didn't
1: want to become that forever, but I had a summer and I thought, what am I going to do this summer? I should be, you know, yeah. doing something.
0: Sure. And I guess... You were not able to get to a coal mine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I
1: couldn't do. Yeah, it wasn't big on such a long
3: commute from the UCLA (laughs) area to any coal mines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So wait a minute. Explain to me again. You were fourteen, and you were starring in a movie, and everyone catered to you. Oh
1: yeah.
5: Oh, Paula's eyes just lit up. She is so happy right now. Um,
0: That must have been horrible, Meredith.
1: (laughs) It was. I just remember that I had a trailer. I had a uh, like a whole Winnebago thing, and the, I, I whispered to the transpo all the drivers, and I was like, "Could you guys could you bring me a candy bar, like one candy bar?" And then I would come back to my room, and I'd open the closet, and there were like bags of candy bars from all, from all the transpo. <laughs> <My mom. laughs> so that's what I mean by being catered to. Yeah. you know, you get in with the you get in with the. Um, Transpo guys, and you get what you want. It must have been awful. (laughs) (laughs) I've really led a sheltered life.
3: Paula, I'm willing to say that the the, uh, career path of 14-year-old movie star is probably not open to you at this juncture.
0: (laughs) Well, I have been exercising. Um, And I'm I'm using a face cream. Mm. Um, All right, wait, Patton, uh, what about you? How did you get started? By the way, I saw Ratatouille probably more than once. I love it, and I had no idea that was you.
5: Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, th- then I did my job, man. I I created an illusion. Um.
0: You did. <laughs> I'm looking at you now, and you look
5: nothing like exactly. A rat. Yeah, it was I, it was very method. <laughs> um, I started, you know, my I it was that summer between freshman and sophomore year of college when you start realizing I probably should figure out what to do with my life. And so I did a bunch of different jobs, and the one that kind of stuck was I did an open mic in Washington, D.C. I was 19 years old, and I got no positive feedback, but I kept going back. And my limited logic at the time said the thing that you're getting no encouragement for that you cannot stop doing is probably what you should be doing with your life. And also— That's how
0: I felt about drinking. (laughs) That's not always a good uh, guidepost.
5: But it it was also, I just loved the hang. I loved the life and the fact that I was hanging out with comedians and watching stuff get, you know, created on the spot was, that's where where I wanted to be. So I just started doing stand-up and did that, moved to San Francisco in 92, moved to L.A. in 95, and kind of fell backwards into writing and acting through doing everything that I've gotten as an actor, for the most part, was... Initially, through people seeing me do stand up and saying, Oh, he should do this. In fact, the role of Ratatouille, there was another actor who was doing it and he wasn't working out. And they, so the the director Brad Birds was driving around one night and, and there was some satellite radio comedy and he was playing one of my bits. And he said, oh, I like that voice. So he had them do a pencil test of Remy doing my bit and he showed it to the wow. Pixar people. And their <laughs> reaction was, is the rat going to be cursing like this? Because he really cursed. No, no,
4: no, no. I just wanted you to see if the voice
1: was the
5: rat. He said, oh, yeah, then definitely. So then they, you know, that's how I got offered that. So there's been a lot of that of, oh, hey, do you want to? I love that. Yeah, so it's very happy. I was very lucky that that happened that way.
0: That is cool. cool. Did you get to have the uh, presentation of of Remy doing your act?
5: Um, Yes. uh, He sent me, I have a, thing somewhere of the little pencil test he also i have the original it's called a maquette which is the model that they built of the rat yes. that they then use to animate off of they do it off of 3d models to give it weight so i own that um
3: so yeah that was really cool oh that's cool paula i don't know if you remember this but you and i got treated to a an advanced look at ratatouille when we were visiting pixar with wait wait don't tell me all those years oh, ago. oh
5: that's right Where well, i think you uh didn't you were didn't you guys talk about that or something I thought it was cars that we saw. No, uh.
3: <laughs> it was it was a, it was a Vance looking ratatouille I'm almost. No, oh,
0: then you know what, Patton? I haven't seen your movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, guys. The uh, the great actor and teacher Sanford Meisner said, quote, "Find in yourself those human things which are universal." And then he added, and lumps. Always check for lumps. As long as you're in there, check for lumps. We'll go deep inside ourselves with Patton Oswalt and Meredith Salinger on Outside the Actor Studio when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Twyla from Piosta, Iowa.
0: Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. Have you noticed how unflappable I am lately? My incorrigible prankster dog, Mo flushed a tennis ball down the toilet and went in after it. I never even mentioned it. A porch pirate stole my porch. I'm steady as she goes. You know why? I'm back in theaters. I ask that my audience be vaccinated and masked so we can enjoy nights of unbridled laughter in the very best company there is, which is you. I've missed you so much, and I can't wait to see you.
3: Are back with Meredith and Patton, and uh, as you guys have heard, Paula needs a masterclass in auditioning, or the latest in a series of masterclasses in auditioning and acting. And we are lucky to have you guys with us tonight to be her acting coaches. So now let's go outside the actors' studio.
2: I really need this job, oh Lord, I need this job. Oh, God, I need this job tonight. I take it back.
3: You did not oversell that in the least, Bunny. That was amazing. Indelible. Woo! <laughs> I loved it.
0: I'll tell you something. You guys steal that, we'll come to blows.
5: Oh, I already posted it as an NFT. Should I take it down? I'm sorry. No! Oh, I'm so
3: sorry. I, oh, God. All right. It's, yeah. All
0: right. I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep Bonnie with us on our podcast. That <laughs> are your kind
3: of millions talent, of listeners bidding on
0: it right now? It's going to be snatched yeah, exactly. up exactly.
3: <laughs> All right, uh, Paula, are you ready for this? Um, this uh, sc- now you've written a, a new script here for you yeah. to audition I'm, with, right?
0: I'm ner- I'm nervous, but I'm but I'm ready.
3: Okay, so uh, Patton and Meredith, you understand? Uh, Paula has has written a script. Uh, she's given you both roles yeah. in it. Um, as well as herself, and we're just, just going to go through the script, and then just I want your most honest acting notes for Paula when we okay. conclude the read. Okay, done. Excellent. Yeah, because yes. I I got to get a job. Paula will be playing the role of Ella Blubber. Ella is a lesbian walrus. She is proud. <laughs> she is frank, and she suffers no fools. She's madly in love with Diane Heft her wife, except she hates her name. She has never wanted to hurt Diane's feelings, so it's a dark secret that she has never shared with anyone, not even Diane. Ella is fiercely protective of their son, Flip. Meredith will be playing the role of Diane Heft. Diane is a lesbian walrus. She was with a male walrus for a while, but of course, only during mating season, because that's the only time male and female walruses hang out. She was nearly crushed by a two and a half ton male once. She would have been killed if the ice hadn't broken beneath them. She loves to cook. She is conflict averse to a fault. And Patton, you will be playing Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Whiskers is a homophobe. He's an ignorant, arrogant teacher who is welcoming book burning and discrimination in his classroom with open arms. He has been trying to get his master's in teaching so he can get a higher salary for years, but the guy is really not capable of learning. He thinks he knows it all. As the scene begins, Diane and Ella swim up to a large chunk of ice where Mr. Whiskers is lolling. Okay, not funny. Ella I pops- would
5: shame. Oh, are we doing writing notes at the end? Or- <laughs> <laughs> that would be at the end, yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead. Forget I said that. Go ahead. No, no, no if
3: you have something to say, <laughs> no, 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 say no, no, it.
5: it was a great <laughs> opening. Go ahead. We'll fix it later. Okay.
3: <laughs> Ella pops her head out of the water, digs her tusks into the ice, and pulls herself up. Diane remains in the water, looking up warily.
5: Mrs. Blubber. To what do I owe the pleasure?
0: You can call me Hella. My friends do. They call me Hella Ella. And, of course, you know my wife. Honey, honey, come on up.
5: Yes, of course. Come right on up, Mrs. Heft.
1: Uh, is is that a crack over there?
5: No, it's my (laughs) charger cable.
1: Oh, well, it just seems like there's a lot of weight on this ice already. And, you know, climate change, ice isn't as thick as it used to be. Uh, Maybe I'll just stay down here.
5: Climate change? Are you kidding me? I had to use a blanket last night.
1: Well, the environment.
5: Oh, that socialist fear-mongering drivel. The environment (laughs) is the same as it has always been.
0: Except for the ocean full of plastic. And the water's so hot, I can't tell my pit sweat from the water.
3: Diane stakes her tusks into the ice and pulls herself up. She opens a basket of food. Oh, my,
5: Mrs. Heft, this looks delicious. Clams, oysters, mussels. Thank you.
0: Mr. Whiskers, uh, Flip tells us that you took away his Who Was Harvey Milk? Walrus book.
5: Well, such books make the other students (laughs) uncomfortable.
0: I think I heard a crack.
5: Dear, uh,
0: sweetie, we're walruses. We just got out of the water. If we fall back into the water, we'll be fine. Look, Mr. Whiskers, you can't just expunge a segment of the population. It's your job to tell them there's nothing to be uncomfortable about. It's called teaching.
3: I'll
5: thank you not to tell me. How- oh!
0: <laughs> what is this?
3: He spits out a bright pl- pink plastic thing. <sighs>
5: It looks like a plastic retainer case. You damned lesbo walruses are trying to kill me.
1: <laughs> no, of course not. I thought it was a big pink clam. I'm so sorry. Um, we'll go?
5: Fuck
0: no. D- Angel face, we won't go.
5: The
3: language.
0: Oh, please, with the language. What could be more profane than not acknowledging a whole group of people in our society?
3: Mr. Whiskers starts to lumber over to the two females. Crack! The ice breaks, and Diane and Ella fall into the water.
5: I knew it! You broke my office! Hey,
0: Mr. Whiskers! You've got something gross between your teeth! Oh, never mind, it's your face!
3: They swim away. (laughs) And scene.
0: Yay!
4: So
3: enjoyable. Oh my gosh. All right, so who wants to go? I mean obviously,, uh, there's some notes here, and we'll save writing notes for a little bit later. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's stick with acting right now. Um, uh, Meredith, uh, what, what what do you have to coach paula with? what did What did you think of her performance? Well, you I were really great, by the when, way. I,
1: I really loved when she hit the you've on you've got something gross between your teeth. I, I thought it was brilliant. What could I critique her on, really? I mean, I thought she projected well. I love the rap projected of her voice. well. That's like yes. what, that's what you say to a seventh
0: grader in The Music Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt it. You know what I'm saying? I felt it. That's all I can say. I don't really have a critique as much as I, I could feel that she felt it, and that means everything. All wow, right, that's
0: Meredith, a good note. If you were doing Ella, and by the way, you were brilliant as Diane, if Hell. you were doing Ella, what would you have done differently?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. What would I have done different? I think I would have done it exactly the same, but with just my voice. <laughs>
4: well, oh, wow.
0: No, but you guys did voices. See, that's the thing, too. Like, sometimes when I come to one of these
1: auditions, I don't know, like, okay, are they looking for me to sort of do me? That's that's the number one thing. Like, I think a lot of people, like Patton, for example, and you, have such unique voices that I think they want you for you. I, I mean... I I think Patton's voice when he played Remy was his own voice, I think, right, honey?
5: Yeah, they told me, I, I came in with some voices and they said, no, 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 we want your voice. You've been hired because of the way you talk.
1: Well, I think people want to hire you because you're Paula Poundstone. And you yet have the way voice. that you guys did it
3: um, was so great. Patton, you brought some interesting choices to Mr. Whiskers, I thought. I think you, you probably are, from this point on, the iconic Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> but turning that around and looking at uh, Paula's portrayal of Ella, what what advice would you give her? Beyond, first off, beyond Meredith's very good point that Paula is perfect as she is.
5: First off, if you give Mr. Whiskers to Giamatti and I lose another role to that turd, I will <laughs> go fucking berserk. Um, secondly, boil some coffee, because I'm going full fossing on my notes. We're going to be here all night. Um, actually, I mean, the, the you do have, a, uh, Meredith was right, you do have a very, very unique character-filled voice. The, the reason that I did a, a character, a lot of times this is a good little tip when you're auditioning for animation, ask, I assume that you had shown me either an animatic or character design, and walruses, of course, have a big, blousy, kind of Nick nolte uh, Wilfred Brimley sort of look, so I went along they're, those lines. They're jolly.
0: Yeah, very they're very jowly.
5: You're Right, they're very, very jolly. So um, uh, there was a lot of that feeling there. Do um, the you only feel thing- like
3: Paula should have gone jollier?
5: No. What, what, although, what, what I would advise is to always reread the scene and think about what your character's doing in the scene. Because what I love about it is Ella comes in, as you see, very over friendly and kind of um, uh, capitulative. To Mr. Whisker's like, I'm going to try to solve this problem. And then as it goes on, she just starts losing patience with him. And that's where the laughs come when she's like, fuck this. And fuck mm-hmm. this guy. And if anything, there's that great tension that comes because Meredith played Diane so, as she as said in the character description, she is conflict averse to a fault. And she yeah. played it that way so perfectly. So there's two things that are driving uh, Ella crazy in this scene is that she is, I, she needs to back me up in this. And this guy is a complete asshole. So just like, let yourself, there's
1: also the, there's also the thing of like tone of show. Oh yeah. Like, uh, you know, Mr. Wisters could have been like, you know, the mob boss, Mrs. (laughs) Blubos to what do I owe the, like he could have been like a badass, but also like on a show, like an ABC, um, Fun family kid show versus, like, The Clone Wars or... Or, a, or uh, Big Mouth, like,
5: something on Netflix that's more adult-oriented.
1: There's all different, like, energies of different animated shows. We made this very kid-friendly. Yeah. I think... I think Even with the it, language,
5: it, it feels very kid-friendly. If kid you knew friendly. the drawing... Yeah.
1: If you knew what your drawing was, you would get a sense of the tone. And then you can adjust your... Because then maybe it wouldn't have been so over-the-top cartoony the way... We did it. It could have been more like, except that we're walruses, so it probably is cartoony. No, no.
5: <laughs> yeah. If you're auditioning for animation and you ask, can I see a character design before I audition, that makes it seem like, oh, this person's a pro. They know this biz. Oh. and they like." It will yeah. fill them with more confidence because always That's remember, in, in an audition, the people that are auditioning you have a problem. They need to fill this role. They don't not want you to come in. They want you to come in and solve their problem. So the yes. advantage is always with you. And so treat it as such and come in and ask questions. Can I see a character design? Are there any animatics? What kind of style do you have in mind? And they're like, oh, this person spends a lot of time. And, and by the way, that all that advice has come from my years. And same with Meredith. We've done so many cartoons that it's just second nature for mm-hmm. us to go – is there a character design? Is there well? You know.
1: Usually, when they give you the sides, they give you the picture of the person. Sometimes the t- they do. They
5: sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't.
0: I get my information about the audition kind of the way um, that the the living Boston bomber gets his food, <laughs> which is from a robot with no human being uh, uh, involved. Yeah.
5: <laughs> slid
1: through, slid through a tray, and then the tray yeah. lands behind. Which, you. by the way, is
0: unconstitutional. But that's. For another
1: <laughs> It's yeah. unconstitutional,
5: but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Also, Paula, keep in mind, people that are in animation are massive comedy nerds. So you will get a lot of offers, auditions, just from people that grew up listening to your stuff and going, oh, I love that voice. She should do this. I'm just telling you, that will be a reality of your life being a known comedic superstar. It's, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It's just a reality of the animation biz. They're all comedy nerds. And you
1: really do have an incredibly unique voice. And Very distinctive. And your voice distinctive. Yeah. Sound, sounds really good with these lines. Honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Are you guys sure you're not blowing smoke up my ass? It I really just, sounds I, like it. I, I just felt something kind of funny
0: go up my ass. <laughs> I mean...
5: Paulette, Paulette, take your temperature really quick. If your ass feels warm, let's just take your temperature. <laughs> Let's just find out We may have to get you To urgent or, care Or some more eggs.
0: importantly Get the Jiffy Pop um, all right. Or get the Jiffy yeah, Pop get the Jiffy Pop Listen If I have a fever Don't take me anywhere You fucking make Jiffy Pop
3: um, <laughs> Well this This might be a first You're, you're, you're being told You're perfect
0: I love it uh, And what good actors They are uh, Alright can we do One more time Before you have to go to Was it Largo Largo So Paula, Would
3: you like to do it A little darker this time Is that Um, what you're hoping for, a little more adult?
0: uh, I'm going to take what I feel that I've learned.
3: Okay.
1: (laughs) Maybe do yours like Mafia Boss.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it a little
0: meaner. Part of my problem, too, is that I'm always about to cough. That doesn't much help.
3: And Meredith, you did yours with such a great knowledge of the past trauma of ice cracking beneath you. Um, (laughs) I think I'm I'm going to change my character up a little. Oh, boy.
1: Okay, this I'm going to make her be, a little more uptight.
3: This is going to be fantastic, right. Okay, so uh, we don't need me uptight. to read the uh, character descriptions again. Let's just... Uh, so. No, we're ready. Just got, we start with uh, Diane and Ella swimming up to the ice where Mr. Whiskers is lolling.
5: Perfect. Would not change a thing. Keep going.
3: <laughs> Ella pops her head out of the water, digs her tusks into the ice, and pulls herself up. Diane remains in the water, looking up warily.
5: Uh, Mrs. Blubber, to what do I owe the pleasure?
0: You can call me Hella. My friends do. They call me Hella Ella. Ella. <laughs> and, of course, you know my wife. Uh, honey, 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 come
1: on up.
5: Yes, of course. Come on in, on up, Mrs. Heft.
1: It, is that a crack over there?
5: <laughs> no, it's my charger cable. Oh,
1: it just, it just seems like there's a lot of weight on this ice already and, you know... Climate change isn't... Ice isn't as thick as it used to be. Maybe I'll just stay down here.
5: Climate change? Are you kidding me? I had to use a blanket last night.
1: Whoa! the environment.
5: Oh, that socialist fear-mongering drivel. The environment is the same as it has always been. Except for the ocean
0: full of plastic and the water so hot, I can't tell my pit sweat from the water.
3: Diane stakes her tusks into the ice and pulls herself up. She opens a basket of food.
5: Oh, my, Mrs. Heft, this looks delicious. Clams, oysters, mussels. Thank you.
0: Mr. Whiskers, Flip tells us that you took away his Who Was Harvey Milk walrus book.
5: Uh, such books make the other students uncomfortable.
0: I think I heard a crack. Sweetie, we're walruses. We just got out of the water. If we fall back in the water, we'll be fine. Look, Mr. Whiskers, you can't just expunge a whole segment of the population. It's your job to tell them there's nothing to be uncomfortable about. It's called teaching.
5: Yeah, hey, I'll thank you not to tell me
3: how to... Oh!
0: Oh, what is this? He spits
3: out a bright pink plastic thing. It,
0: it, It looks
5: like
1: a plastic retainer case.
5: You damned lesbo walruses are trying to kill me!
1: No, of course not. I thought it was a big pink clam. I'm so sorry. (sighs) We'll go. Fuck no, Angel. No, we won't go.
0: Oh, the language. Oh, please, with the language. What could be more profane than not acknowledging a whole group of people in our society?
3: Mr. Whiskers starts to lumber over to the two females. Crack! The ice breaks and Diane and Ella fall into the water.
0: I knew it. You broke my office. Hey, Mister Whiskers, you've got something gross between your teeth. Oh,
1: never mind. It's your face.
3: They swim away. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. The it, the it's there Your you face go. was better this time. Oh
3: yeah,
5: that was a great little butt. That was better. Your face. I wrote yeah. the
0: entire scene, trying to <laughs> trying to get to the first thing I thought of was the joke. You've got something stuck between your teeth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, get it? He's a walrus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and so that was the entire. That's funny. Inspiration. <laughs> I just got it, by the way. I'm so stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a walrus joke. You know. You know how that is. I literally joke. just got it. <laughs> I'm surprised we made it this far without you guys having another natural disaster of some sort. Honestly,
1: it feels like this the is, nonstop disasters over here right now.
0: Yeah, Patton, does the vein in your temple always pulse like that, or is that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's
5: a, it's a nice little bellwether for my mood. I call it my mood vein. And uh, when it pulses like that, it's uh, I'm a little stressed. Yeah, I
0: just I just wondered if if we should expect another like Oh my gosh, he's you know he's having a. You some, you brought yeah. some
3: more gravitas with that vein uh, to that second read. I gotta say, that, th- is that
5: vein like my like my weather predicting kneecap? Like <laughs> uh, I got my old uh- yeah. Old, old weather vane, literally, no pun intended, but my weather vane's pulsed and we got a Ternady coming. My,
0: my weather vane, V E I N.
5: <laughs> you know, Paula, you are going to, uh, acting wise, You like Meredith said, you have such a distinctive voice, and a lot of people, a lot of the jobs you get, people are going to want you to do that voice, yeah. are, are, are not going to want you to bring a wacky character. They're going to want that voice. I
1: think that's exactly right.
5: Yeah, and be yourself and feel whatever emotions you were feeling because they were all funny.
0: Well, uh, thank you. You know what I just found out is that um, Julie Andrews was putting on a voice uh, during Mary Poppins.
1: (laughs) What? Like extra posh, you mean?
0: Um, She has a very strong Brooklyn accent in real life.
1: No!
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dough, yeah. a deer, a fucking deer, <laughs> ray, something out of the sun, Fun. me. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that brings she, us back to the aforementioned dough.
5: In her
4: original
0: <laughs> reading, she said, You kids get to bed. Uh, <laughs> the aforementioned dough? Yeah. The aforementioned I like doe. that,
3: Adam. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mr. Banks, you got to spend more time with the kids.
3: <laughs> yeah. Eat Bird. a fucking spoonful of
0: sugar. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, Bird. I hey, can't leave hey. you alone with the kids.
5: Listen, I'll help the fucking medicine go down. You having trouble with your medicine? <laughs> Trust me. All that fucking medicine will go right down. Now, come on. Come over here. Come over here.
3: Julie, we're going to need to try that again and a <laughs> couple of notes.
0: <laughs> yeah could you do you have anything in like a British could you do like a British nanny thing I guess I could try. wait how am
5: I, wait, how am I magical what do you mean I'm magical what's so fucking magical about me huh what I'm a fucking I'm a magician I'm Dave I'm here to fucking do tricks for you
3: so I amuse you eat your fucking medicine huh yeah
5: yeah go get your
3: fucking medicine
0: yeah you know what you know where I'm gonna put this umbrella <laughs>
3: Oh, now I want to see that version. Um, but on yeah. that tip, Meredith, you brought a lovely Julie Andrews-esque British accent to your wine. Oh, you right? know
1: I feel bad about what I did. I feel like I started it with a different kind of person and I ended it with more of a pot. I, I, I you pushed it up halfway midway. through, I think. Yeah. I pushed it up. I don't appreciate the switch for me. I, I didn't stay well. And I think acting-wise, that was a real bummer. But <laughs> you're right. I think
3: you found, a, you found a, the sweet spot of the character as you went on, which can happen in an audition, hmm, right?
1: I, yeah. I don't know. I think I need to work on it. But thank you. I, like the, I, do, I do love an English accent and I do love an Australian accent and yeah. But Boston, Paula, a Boston accent is very hard to do. Oh,
5: yeah, not
0: when you're, not when you're raised in the Not motherland. when you're from
1: there. Yeah. But yeah. I can't do a Boston accent and make it sound real.
5: And boy, when you watch a movie or TV show where they're trying to do Boston accents and they don't the land it, yeah, it if, if is. If they're
1: not good, they
3: uh, suck. I don't want to name some, but I can name some.
0: <laughs> what's the one about the... Is it, what's, what's the one with the murders and... Uh, all of
3: them uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes no, all what the of f- what's the Boston the, the, show with the murder the, oh, yeah. you know, the
0: river movie that one. the river movie mystic river did. yeah oh mystic river That's drove good. me river? fucking mystic crazy I, 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 Yeah. oh my god they it would have been better they sh- they should have done it just with their regular voices i don't know why they didn't <laughs> Nobody use cared. the regular
1: voices i don't want to see Sean Penn do a boston accent i don't It ruins it. It takes you completely out of it. When it's not real, when it's too much, it's too much. Yeah, I don't like it. It fucks the whole thing up. It does.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Fucks it up. Yeah.
1: You know
0: what? All you got to do is put one character named Mac.
3: Mac. (laughs) Yeah. That gets everybody into the accent, doesn't it?
0: It does. Mac. I always thought there should be a law that you can't name your kids something you can't pronounce.
5: (laughs) Oh, Black. that makes sense. There's a
0: tremendous amount of Max in the Boston area. Max, there's a
5: lot of mocks. Mark. you're right. A few it's cows, time for too.
0: supper. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys. Uh, this right. was so much <laughs> fun.
5: God,
3: that was great. Uh,
1: <laughs> Sorry it took so long to get here.
3: <laughs> they are the hosts of Did You Get My Text? Join the millions of fans on Starburns Audio and listen to them right now. <laughs> Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald Everybody.
4: Yay.
3: Yay. Yay! Thank you guys so us. much.
5: Thanks so Tune much. Down. It'll be. It'll be Super cow of fucking bullshit. <laughs> Some goddamn Docious, I don't know. You know Johnny. You know you know Tony Docious right? That guy yeah. around the way. Yeah, X-P- yeah he's XPL's guy.
1: brother. Yeah. Yeah, it was
5: yeah. exactly X-P- There you go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Stay
0: awake. Don't go to fucking sleep.
5: Boom, oh, that's right.
3: <laughs> Coming up. You know what they say. And if you don't, we're about to tell you. Inspirational words are shared in Who's Miss Quotey Pants Now? Really? That's (laughs) what we're going with? Okay. That's coming up next. (laughs) Fun fact. Investigators in New York exposed that the subway foot long sub is actually only 11 inches long. But Subway claims it was just really cold that day. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back, and if you haven't guessed already, seeing as we are in hour seven of this podcast, um, <laughs> we're going to have to postpone uh, Who's Miss Quotey Pants Now and hopefully rename it uh, for next week uh, because Patton and Meredith were just so fantastic that uh, we're keeping every word of it except for some of the coughing, right, Paula?
0: Patton <laughs> Patton, and Meredith blew Who's Miss Quotey Pants Now out of the water.
3: That's fair to say. <laughs> Well, everybody, that was fun. If you guys have questions, comments, a subject or topic that you'd like to know about, tell us. Email us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Well, Paula, what's going on with your Poundstone product empire this week?
0: Adam, Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, is now a household name among Retail Office Supply Salespeople, as the Association of Retail Office Supply Sales Trade Journal, Brad, just ran a glowing in-depth article on our organization where they said Poundstone Industries uses refillable two-inch wide 3M clear packaging tape to secure the boxes of T-shirts and sweatshirts that they sell while they are stored in her son's old bedroom. So we're awfully excited about that. And we do have Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone sweatshirts with a double needle hem on the hood and pouch pocket. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone logo on the front and a memorable quote on the back. They come with a copy of a simple sample dialogue to help the listener who feels awkward telling people that they listen. See, Adam? They're available now in small, medium, large, extra large, and double extra large at the shop at PaulaPoundstone.com. They're just Perfect for sitting and thinking. Are your house plants looking vindictive? Would it kill you to give them a little sprinkle of worm castings? Oh, you don't have worm castings? Well, email me at paula at paulapoundstone.com. And for $4 a pound plus shipping, you can make your plants love you again. Don't let your succulents soak. My website is paulapoundstone.com and my email is paula at paulapoundstone.com. There's more, of course, but Heidi is the boss of me.
3: <laughs> and, and and Heidi, if I could cram in one more mention, I just want to remind everybody that my new rock-oriented podcast, Dad Land, a discussion of all things music from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band, is just scooting along here on Starburns Audio. Come listen to the podcast. We include a playlist. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Every show, you get a playlist uh, for Apple Music, for all the songs that we've discussed on the show. So you can listen to them after you've heard us talk about them or before, if you prefer, once again, that's dad band land, find it. All right. You can follow this podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. You'll get it every week. No charge. If there's a subject or topic you want to know about one more time, that's nobody listens to Paula poundstone at gmail.com and that is is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guests, Patton Oswald Woo! and Meredith Salinger. Woo! Special thanks to our house band, Colin Miller. Yay, hey, Colin. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Starburns production by Land Romo. Poundstone industry production by Vic Lowry. Transcription services for the show. Provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I, I I loved Patton and Meredith.
3: Yeah, but uh you kinda mess with their relationship.
0: Well, I think I don't know, did you see her look? She
3: Well, yeah, you guys you guys bonded as a you know, as a lesbian walrus couple and I saw some anger in Patton.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think they're usually in the same room with each other, which is why they text so much. Mm-hmm. And um so she was giving him like the stink eye. I yeah. could see it on the zoom. I could, I could, I could see it. Oh my god! There's a lot of
3: friction there. Yeah. So, are you guys registered anywhere yet?
0: <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I'm really not. Um, how do I say this? Uh, uh, I, re- it was. You know what? I, regardless of what happens with uh-huh. all of our relationship. Um, Because I could really be just as interested in Patton. So oh. re- regardless of what <laughs> happens uh, with our relationship, uh, I just want to say he really doesn't look like a rat.
3: No. No, I feel like that's something you need to be clear on as you pursue animation work. What? You don't need to look like the character that you're playing. Like you could oh. take those tusks out right now. Oh, my. They, they look silly.
0: I'm so glad. It's been so uncomfortable. You've been interfering with your speech. Can you see that I, like, one of my my upper lip has like a bump in it now? Yeah, you don't need to do that. And when I kiss somebody, I suck their entire body into my mouth. Have Have you ever um Have you ever been kissed by a walrus? Be honest.
3: In college, once, yes.
0: Yeah. They do. They um, they suck. Like I met a walrus once, and um, uh-huh. I, w- the, 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 I gave it my hand, and um, uh-huh. and it kissed my hand. It almost sucked my entire hand into its mouth. They're very, su- they're very, they're very um, sucky, very sucky. Star Wars. Star Wars. a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.